just have to get this one more thing and then we can get going. Welcome to the Movie Ladder Podcast, Season 3 Finale. We're all about cinematic connections. Each week we're discussing a movie that connects to the movie from the previous week's podcast. I'm Zach Brooks, and for the 156th time, I'm joined by... Brandon Fitzpatrick, and uh, what could be our lady tonight? It is the end of Season 3 of the Movie Ladder Podcast. This is yeah. incredible. Uh, and a uh, perfect movie for us to pick because it's a movie about an Irishman and a Jew. And <laughs> there you go. There you yeah. go. Uh, would you say that I, I I mean, not really an Irishman. It's more the Italian than the Jew. Oh, that's true. I thought Pesci said he was an Irishman. Maybe Nick, there was somebody Nicky's, else. Who's, yeah, Nikki. Uh, there was somebody. Yeah, uh, you're right. Yeah, no, there was somebody Nikki else. Nikki Santoro. Was very there was somebody else who's Irish. I screwed up already. Uh, oh, man. Womp womp. Uh, well, somebody didn't do his research. Well, there was a line about the toughest Irishman I ever met, um, but I don't have written down who that, that line was about. I just noted that. Um, <laughs> damn it. Oh, well. Oh, well. Good good start to the last episode. Of uh, real year. bad. We're all tired. It's been a long year. It's it has been a, been a year. very long year. Uh, so, uh, last week we talked about leaving Las Vegas, and uh, this week we did not leave Las Vegas. We stayed in Las Vegas, yeah. and maybe that'll be our title connection. Uh, and we are doing another Martin Scorsese movie. This time we are doing Casino. Uh, is this the third Scorsese of the year, I believe? This is. This is our third Scorsese of the year. Uh, I figured our title connection would be What Happens in Vegas. Yeah, okay. I have a couple written down as well. Okay, so, yeah, so we did The go. Aviator for yep. episode 23. We did yep. Goodfellas for episode 33. Yep. And uh, now we're doing Casino for episode 52. 1995's so, Casino, uh, yes. starring a lot of his favorite uh, actors that he They brought the crew back together. So yeah. uh, that at the end of the episode, we'll decide on the first movie of season four based on suggestions mm. sent in by the listeners and us, your host. This one works a little bit differently. This movie may or may not connect to Casino. The uh, criteria is that it needs to be something that was suggested earlier this year. So Brendan and I pulled off of each other's suggestions list from the year. And then the listeners could suggest anything that was suggested this year. So uh, right. and bonus points if it connects to Casino. But I don't think a lot of mine do. Um, although maybe we'll try to make suggestions. Yeah. Um, so we'll be spoiling Casino. So if you haven't watched it yet, it is on Peacock for four more days. It's also on Hulu. Um, yep. Neither have commercial breaks. They just have commercials at the beginning, which is nice. So yep. Uh, I appreciated that. And then I would imagine it'll maybe it'll be moving somewhere else when it goes off of Peacock this week, uh, at the end of this week. Um, so you can watch it there, or you can get it from the local library or rent it. Uh, but if you do want to just skip ahead here, what our first episode of Season 4, not counting our season wrap-up show, uh, will mm-hmm. be, you can do that. The timestamp is in the description of this podcast. Uh, and uh, as I, I did just mention wrap-up show, so Brent and I on New Year's Day, as is tradition, we'll be getting together to talk about the Movie Letter podcast the year that was, um, some highlights, some lowlights, some stats, all, all the fun stuff. Counting down our top ten of the year uh, from the averages of our scores, your scores, and all the scores in between. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. So, um, and then that will be our interlude, but we will be announcing what the season four premiere episode will be uh, at the end of this podcast. So. Indeed. Yeah. Um, and as always, once you do pick that episode, submit your feedback to us, ratings, questions, comments at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, the movie ladder at gmail.com, and the movie ladder on Letterboxd as well. It's another mm-hmm. place where you can follow us. Of course, Letterboxd, where we put on that watch list every movie that was been suggested this year. So it was helpful, I think, for some listeners in terms of sending in submissions and suggestions. So. Yep. Uh, let's see. A couple other things to note. Um, that I have uh, one last thing. So this is a really good idea by Jim Crumley is that listeners should send in their one last thing for the year. So on these episodes, 
we've been doing our one last thing about the movie. Mm-hmm. You know, or just kind of that was something we started last year. So uh, if you have a one last thing on the year that was movie ladder or anything else related, send that in for the year wrap up show. We can read those. Yep, absolutely. Uh, by uh, Sunday morning. Yep. Yeah, uh, we'll be recording New Year's Day sometime in the mid morning. So sometime yep. on Sunday. So um, and uh, another exciting announcement. Should we announce this here, Brendan? Our big collaboration. Although it's, if you follow us on social media, you already know about it. Uh, yeah, let's do it. Um, yeah. We are collaborating on a movie challenge next year with Megan Lee, the librarian. Yep. And he's the, what did we call it? The library ladder challenge? I think we're calling it the library ladder challenge. So it's like, you know, the thing that Belle and Beauty and the Beast is on, the little like sliding yeah, la- yeah, yeah. La- ladder. Right. So it's a, uh, it's meant to be every two weeks, although there's a couple bonus weeks in there. Uh, and so there's 24 categories plus two bonuses. And uh, there's some fun categories that three of us came up with last week on a whim. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm excited. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to, um, I know that a lot of listeners or at least people who follow us on social media uh, were messaging me in the Post Show Recaps Patreon Discord about how excited they are about it. And they'll be following along. Um, Hopefully this will inspire them to actually listen to the podcast if Mm -hmm. they haven't been. Yeah, which maybe we'll check in sporadically. But yeah, it's totally separate from the podcast. It's just like if you're looking for another challenge or another way to get yourself to watch more movies next year, uh, maybe in some interesting categories, check out uh, the link. We've tweeted it. We posted it on Instagram as well. Uh, Brennan and I both are doing it on Letterboxd. We're tracking on there. So um, and you don't have to do it every other week, although the way that we set it up is there are some seasonal ones. Like there's a horror movie around Halloween time, for example. Mm. So um, very exciting. Uh, those those movie challenges they're all they're always fun for me because they're like uh, a good way for me to narrow down my huge watch list of movies. Absolutely, and especially when you know, I mean, my caveat, and I think you subscribe to this too, is everything that fills out the challenge should be something you haven't seen before, unless it is specifically mandated by that week's challenge prompt. Um, so it's really a great way to see a lot of movies that you've never seen before. Yep, that fit yep. into the challenge categories. Yeah, that's that, that's definitely a good point. Um, I uh, I've been doing that for all the challenges that I've done. I'm mm-hmm. doing new watches for everything next year. On a couple of them, I'm going to be a little bit more lenient because, um, as I'm going to talk about, it, I feel like I'm kind of like not running out of movies that I haven't seen, but just like the big blind spots are gone. And especially with Criterion, mm-hmm. that, the Criterion challenge is going to be a lot more difficult next year because I've I, done it two years and I just feel like I'm starting to run out of movies that I want to see that fit some of their criteria. I, that's the thing is like, it's not that I'm running out of movies that would fit the category. It's movies that I absolutely feel like I have to see. Are getting and then fit for criterion. But I feel like for the, la- yeah. for the library ladder challenge, for example, that one's, uh, well, I, don't you know, I think that, that one, that should be pretty easy to use in new ones. Although there are a couple weeks where like, I think that there's a couple lists and I know like Todd, the librarian who's an epic movie watcher, uh, yeah. for example, like he can't see anything new because he's seen everything that fits into that category. Right. So. Exactly. So it's going to be tougher for Todd, but you know, Todd, Todd's a beast. He's probably already finished it. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. So yes. Uh, so the library ladder challenge, find that on letterboxd or on our social media. And if you're just on the fence, just join. It's just every, every two weeks, you'll have some movie you have that you can watch. And then if you get behind, you can always catch up and it'll be a good way to broaden your horizons and be fun. Absolutely. So, then there's some other movie challenges. If you're looking for more movie challenges, let either of us know. I know Owen oh, Craig does a monthly movie challenge. It's pretty fun. There's Criterion, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, there's some other cool ones. So uh, I'm going to start us off with best thing I watched this week. Go for uh, it. Because I feel very accomplished because I Ooh. wrapped up a whole bunch of my movie challenges. I want to talk about it because speaking of movie challenges. Um, so I wrapped up my challenge to myself to watch all the Harry Potter movies. Mm-hmm. I wrapped up the 2022 Criterion Challenge. 
I wrapped up the Renat Movie Challenge, which was one Megan the Librarian made last year. Mm-hmm. I did one called 52 Years in 52 Weeks. So every week I had to watch a movie uh, in, in the next year. So I started in 1970. In yeah. my mind, I was thinking that would take me up to 2022 by the end of the year in 52 weeks. I didn't count year zero. That ended up being 53. So it was 52 mm-hmm. plus movies. Um, <laughs> Oops. So, yes, uh, I wrapped up and and I had some Christmas movies I wanted to watch. So I watched I did a lot of movie watching over the week. And uh, ah, what do I I don't even know. Should I I don't even know how like I wanted to just talk about all that. Now I don't know what I should say was the best thing I watched this week, though, is the problem. Um, or, uh, um, did, give just, me a cat. Just, yeah. Just, all right. I, what, I will, are, what are the two? What are the two that you recommend the most? You, I'm going to yeah. talk. OK, I'm going to talk about maybe not the best thing I watched, but the best okay. theater experience of the week, because it's the only time oh, I went cool. to the movie theater this week. And right. I was in the movie theater for three hours and 15 minutes plus trailers and had 3D glasses on the whole time. Oh, no. And Avatar The Way of Water is worth seeing in theaters. Uh, I cannot believe that Avatar The Way of Water is on my top 10 list for the year. Because I did not like the first Avatar. I rewatched the first Avatar. I still didn't like the first Avatar. Mm-hmm. I uh, actually, like, Avatar 2 definitely has some story issues. It's better, but it's still not, like, a great, um, it's still not a great film. But as a movie-going experience, it is unlike anything I've seen before. I think that's a fair way to put it. I mean, if it's a if it's a essential theatrical experience, I mean, that gives it merit in and of itself above, like, yes. a lot of movies out there. You know, unfortunately for people that you have to go see Avatar in theaters, it's just it, I don't think yeah. seeing it at home is going to do it justice, especially uh, if it's like because it's made for 3D. Right. Yes. So even when it comes for streaming, like, what are you going to do? Go out and buy 3D glasses? And well, make... and that won't work because you need the correct 3D screen exactly. and you're just so not going to have the technology. Yeah. And the way the 3D works with Avatar is it's it's like it's 3D into the screen like you, right. know, you think of 3d and you think of like stuff coming out at you it's really I mean, yeah, that yeah. happens a little bit it's like but it's more that like you're looking at the sky or the ocean and mm-hmm. there's just a depth right there's like you feel like you're looking at something in real life like it really it really does capture it and the movie's so long that you kind of stop stop remembering that you're wearing 3d glasses after about 15 minutes um okay and it just, see, it just i hate that feeling it. i hate the feeling of 3d glasses like i'm not a fan of the whole 3d thing um but you know i mean it's i still know that i probably should go see this in theaters and i probably will break down and do it i'm just mm-hmm. like it's, it's hard because it's so long it really could use an intermission i had to i had to take two pee breaks watching it and i stopped drinking water <laughs> before the movie started i think i picked good times but if it had an intermission in the middle i wouldn't have taken either like the first pee break because i would have known that was coming oh, right. um even five minutes just for everybody to get out stretch their legs and come back there's some decent spots that could happen um and the first one was not three hours. The first one was like just a little over two hours, I think. So right. this is really James Cameron being like, oh, I have 13 years of ideas. I'm going to stuff them all in this movie. Okay. So like, and I think that, you know, it's it's got a lot of problems with the characters and the like, the, just like some of the characters are really annoyingly written. Um, but there's some interesting character relationships that I liked a lot in this movie. Okay. Um, and I do think the story took things in an interesting direction. I don't know if it necessarily like, I'm like jumping for joy to watch Avatar 3. Um, mm-hmm. but I'm sure I'll go see Avatar 3 in a couple of years when that comes out. Too. There you go. Yeah, whenever that comes out, the, the rest of the Avatars. There's, what, three more of those that are on the horizon? He wrote and I think shot Avatar 3 already. Okay. Um, and then there's supposed to be two more, but those, I don't think those are officially greenlit yet um, gotcha. or have been worked on. And I do think, like, Sam Worthington was much better in this ver- in this Avatar. Okay. In, the fir- in the first Avatar, he's really bad. Um, and I don't know if it's because he's just, like, 
spoilers for the first avatar he's no longer human he's an avatar or he's like a, he's a navi so right um because he's not ever in human form maybe that's why he was a little bit better so gotcha. yeah um i was watching a lot of great christmas movies this week too and i saw the number one movie on the sight and sound list uh but i talked about avatar so there we are so. fantastic uh, yeah, it is funny. Avatar 1 was actually one of the first movies I nominated on our very first episode because it was one I've been wanting to revisit. And I had it on my watch list for this podcast specifically um, for us to watch because I wanted to give it another chance and do it for the podcast. We just never got around to doing Avatar on the podcast. And now I don't yeah. think we ever will. So Yeah, I don't think we ever will, um, unfortunately. Um, yeah. you know, I mean, it is a movie that I'd like to revisit someday, but I also like... I thought it was fine. I thought it was perfectly fine. It's honestly, it's what you remember. It's, it's, I, it's yeah. not that different, but it's not really essential. If you read the Wikipedia before you go see Avatar 2, you'll be fine. Um, like if you've seen Avatar 1 before, if you haven't seen Avatar 1, you should probably watch Avatar 1. Okay. Uh, but yeah, nice. it's, this is one where the clock is ticking a little bit, um, much like the clock is ticking in our podcast. We're already 13 minutes in and, uh, yeah. we're still talking about just my movie, but, um, the <laughs> clock is ticking. So if you're, if you're on the fence, just go. Spend your afternoon, take one of your holiday days, go to Avatar 2 and right. see it in, you know, biggest screen you could find. They have they offer the high frame rate 3D and I think non high frame rate. I don't like high frame rate, but it does work. I think it does give a good effect for this with some of the CGI. High okay. frame rate is like motion smoothing that you see on t- people's TVs, that right. soap opera effect. Right. But right. because so much of this is CGI, it works better. Although some, sometimes humans look weird with the high frame rate, but <laughs> just see the high frame rate 3D, see it in the most technical way possible because that's what James Cameron wants. So Sure. And okay. whatever Big Jim wants, Big Jim gets. Yes, exactly. <laughs> All right, Brennan, you're All right. Um, well, I'm going to go on the opposite polar vector polar from what you did then and talk about a little film that came out in 1941 that I closed out my Criterion Challenge with this year, and that's the Preston Sturgis classic film Sullivan's Travels, starring Joel McRae and Veronica Lake. Uh, I fucking love this movie. It's fantastic. Yeah. Um, it's really I had fun. never seen it before. Um, it was really, really great. It's about a film director who decides that he wants to have an authentic experience in order to write his own film, and that there aren't enough films about the downtrodden and poor and uh, unhoused in America, and that the only way to write a proper story about people that are going through economic depression is for him to give up his entire life and try to become one of them. And it's insane. This movie is wildly funny for about the first hour. Mm -hmm. And then it turns into a drama, which I was not expecting. And, I mean, this movie's really, really great. Uh, Really fantastic performances. I really like what the movie was going for as far as the messaging and sort of how Hollywood tries to Hollywoodize real life tragedy even back in 1941 mm-hmm. and how you know the sort of bankrupt that can feel yeah for someone who has no experience to want to get that experience but the whole time they're still able to like they have resources they can use so that they're not really getting the experience that they're trying to get and, um, yeah, I really loved this movie. I, I highly recommend people watch it. Uh, I watched it on Criterion Channel. 
Um, it's also rentable on Amazon. Um, if you're looking for one that's a good starter for uh, diving into the Criterion Challenge next year, I mean, this is a great this is a great place to start. Yeah, um, I watched it. I guess it was uh, I had to get it from the library when I watched it. Um, mm-hmm. I just saw that I had that tag on my review of it, and uh, it did uh, it did make me want to go watch Oh Brother Where Art Thou because yes, that's the name absolutely. of the script that he's writing. I don't think that's a any kind of surprise in the movie um no, but i do think that like obviously the coen brothers love this movie because they had made a movie called oh brother where are thou yeah so um and there is a lot of this that kind of lines up with the odyssey as yeah, well for sure um i don't like that i really don't like the poster um i don't either because it doesn't represent the movie at all it doesn't at all no it doesn't it doesn't at all yeah, it's just, i mean it's, it's a really great poster of lake veronica lake but, yeah. you know it's yeah yeah, I remember going in and thinking this was going to be totally different. She looks like a giant in the poster to me. Like, yeah, she, she does. really looks like yeah. gigantic. Just the well, I think that's a play on Gulliver's Travels, but that still uh, doesn't make any sense. Yeah. You know, because, mm-hmm. <laughs> but I, yeah, I really loved this movie. Um, highly recommend it. I watched a few other things this week, but that is definitely the best thing I watched. Nice. Um, I did rewatch Banshees of Inisherin on Christmas and reaffirmed it as my favorite movie of the year. So, I am very excited to get to that sometime soon. Uh, now that I've wrapped up all my movie challenges, Avatar 2 was the end of my bonus movie for that annual challenge. That was my nice. 2022 movie. Felt, felt fitting for that. Um, but now that I've wrapped up all the movie challenges and we still have a couple more days left in the year, I feel like I'm going to be doing a lot of like, oh, here's a 2022 movie I wanted to catch up on. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, I we'll talk about that when we get to the end, some stuff that we're yeah, excited to sure. be watching. So, all right. Uh, 20 minutes in, shall we start Yeah, should we start about talking casino? about uh, Casino? Well, yes. it's really funny you say that because, like, so I was listening to a film cast earlier today for their review of Glass Onion and Knives Out Mystery. Uh-huh. And my God, it's two out, It's a two-hour-long podcast. An hour and 45 minutes in, they finally get to the review of Glass Onion. Oh, good to know, yeah. And um, I'm some, like, Some y'all. podcasts do that more. I mean, Doughboys is, like, famous for that, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, but at least it's, like, halfway with Doughboys, not three-quarters of the way. True. But I was like, come on, guys. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I'm coming for the film cast. Uh, I'm coming for the film cast a little. Um, yeah. But, yeah, uh, let's talk about Casino. Um, written by Nicholas Pileggi. If that sounds familiar, this is the same guy that wrote the uh, book Wise Guy and this helped write the script for Goodfellas. Um, he had was Scorsese. married to uh, Nora Ephron. Yeah. Yep, Nora exactly. Friend? There was no Nora Ephron twin movie to Casino that I can find, like she did with My Blue Heaven and Goodfellas. Well, I um, mean, but, no, but we do have Leaving Las Vegas is kind of a twin movie to this, because they both are 1995 movies about Las Vegas. That is also true. Good point. And both both lots of nominations. You know, we'll talk about the Oscars, but lots yep. of nominations for both of those. And, and There's the only one Oscar nomination Oscar. for Casino, though. There was only one Oscar nomination. Oh, really? For Casino. Yep, and that oh. was for Sharon Stone for Best Supporting Actress. Oh, okay. So there there you were, I, I actually thought there were more than nope, those. Nope, that's it. Oh, okay. Well, so we had we had that one connection, um, but she was up against uh, she, she was did. up against Elizabeth Shue. Yep. Sorry. Right? Or was she Elizabeth Shue uh, best actress? I believe it was best supporting actress. Oh, okay. Elizabeth Shue and Sharon Stone both best actress, not best, best regular actress. actress. Okay, sorry. Yeah, thank not you for that correction. Actress. I appreciate it. Lead actress. Lead actress. Uh, yeah. Big <laughs> actress. I don't think Lead either actress. of them were. I don't think either of them were regular. Um, right. But all right. So this uh, you've seen this before, correct? I have. This is probably my dozenth time seeing this movie throughout, you know, this is one of those movies that after it came out, 
like in the late 90s was always on TNT or TBS or one of those channels, but heavily edited for TV. Oh, yeah. And so I've seen TV edits of this movie Mm -hmm. where basically there are ridiculous line readings Mm -hmm. of like, um, what do you call it? 80 yard over Mm -hmm. all the cursing. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite one is Robert De Niro confronting Joe Pesci and saying, tell me, did you shampoo my wife? Uh, that's why you made the tweet about shampooing. Okay. Shampoo my wife? Yeah. No, I didn't shampoo your wife. Are you sure? You better not be shampooing my wife. Yeah. So that's like uh that's like the find a neighbor in the Alps. uh, Yeah, exactly. TV edit for Big Lebowski. Which, uh, this movie did come up. Uh, I, I was surprised that this movie has not come up more. This movie has only come up a few times, so it came up off of Big Lebowski. Our yeah. guest for that episode, Chester, suggested it because it has the most Fs. I don't know yep. if, mo- if both have the most F words, uh, this and and yeah. Big Lebowski. And then, yeah. of course, it came up on Goodfellas. There is no movie map to this year, but Goodfellas obviously yep. maps very well to this movie. Yeah. Um, and then came up last week off Leaving Las Vegas. So it's yeah. this is one of my uh, one of my few remaining Martin Scorsese blind spots. I did watch Silence a couple weeks ago. Um, I still have a couple more, but this, I feel like, was my biggest remaining Scorsese blind spot. So this was my first time watching it. Yeah, I'm really curious how, on a first watch, how you feel about this movie, because, um, yeah, I have a a review of this movie that I don't know is going to land as well as yours might as a first-time viewer. What did you think? All right. Um, so, and I texted you this morning. I said, I think I know how to start off this podcast. Okay. And, uh, I'm going to start this off and say, Brendan, I'm going to give you my score right off the bat. Oh, snap. Yeah. I am a 3.75 on this movie. And I want this podcast to help me decide if that 3.75 is a 3.5 or a four by the end of the podcast. So here's what I'll say then. And I don't want to totally sway you, but I think my thing is I'm lower on this movie than my memory of it is. Okay, that can and see that. Yep. the biggest problem I had with this movie on this rewatch is you feel the length in a way that you do not with Goodfellas. You really feel the length of this movie. And a lot of it is the narration. There's not enough variety in the narration between Pesci and De Niro. It needed a third voice. like you Well, it does get a third voice for a little bit. Um, like just there. for one scene, yeah. we get the, uh, the Frank Vincent. <laughs> we get, yeah. Uh, what's this? Yeah. Frank we get Frank Vincent Frank. as Frank Marino for one scene. Mm-hmm. Um, but I really think it was missing that Sharon Stone voiceover. Like you get with Lorraine Bracco in Goodfellas. Yeah. I also think part of the thing that this movie suffers on for rewatch is you really start to feel how similar it is to Goodfellas and how, not as good as Goodfellas. It, yes. This, because the, the, you're feeling a lot of the same beats that happen in Goodfellas happen in this movie, and they're not as interesting. Right. So um, I have a couple things to say on that. One mm-hmm. is, yes, it definitely feels like if Goodfellas didn't exist, this, I think this movie would be a lot better. Um, it It does sort of feel to me like, you know how they always talk about how after Pulp Fiction, there were all those like hyperlink yep. crime movies that came out that were like yep. trying to be Pulp Fiction. Exactly. That's kind of what this feels like. It feels like they're like, hey, let's make Goodfellas and put it in a casino. I think this movie suffers in the same way that Jackie Brown suffers after coming out after Pulp Fiction, because it's just I. But I think like it's been reevaluated in the same way that Casino has in the last 20, 30 years mm-hmm. and has gained a new appreciation. Like a lot of people think that Jackie Brown is right up there 
with Pulp Fiction at this point. And a lot of people think Casino is right up there with Goodfellas. Yeah. And I think, but I think they also both suffer in the same way that they're trying to recapture some of the magic and it's just not the same. So, um, and I actually think parts of this movie are, I actually really like the casino setting. And the first two hours yeah. of this movie, I actually think is a more interesting setting than the Goodfellas. Setting. It's gorgeous. It's a gorgeous movie. The costumes well, and just, are fantastic. The and not even, is... not even the look. I mean, like mm. the, I mean, the like inner workings of a casino and how yeah. everybody's watching everybody and how like, as I'm watching the first two hours of this, I'm just thinking of like Rube Goldberg, how one thing happens and it leads to this, you know, even like when people yeah. are cheating or when we're seeing like the money being transferred, the money be going from the casino to the plane, to the guys yeah. in, uh, in the mid, in St. Louis, like yeah. to Detroit, like, we're just seeing the inner workings of a casino, and that was fascinating. The first yeah, hour of this, sure. I was like, this is so great. I cannot believe I waited this long to watch this movie. I do not understand what people don't like about this movie. Yeah, and the I first, agree. And I feel like, yeah, mm-hmm. I feel like the structure of this movie is like the first hour is the Ace story. is about yep. Sam. The second hour is the Nikki story, and we get yep. uh, we get the rise of Joe Pesci's Nikki character. Yep. But and I hate and this is just the misogyny of this movie that it just really short shrifts the ginger character. But it's the third sure. hour is all about ginger, and it was so it was just I it, not boring because it's really like no, but like, it's, it's but it's just yeah it's just and it's just like really like feels well, pointless and not interesting. The way that I the way that I thought about it in my head when breaking it down is that it's the way that it maps back to Goodfellas is it's the you know, you have the rise of the ace slash Henry character. Then you have the real mob grittiness stuff in the middle hour where they're all working as a crew and things are going well and mm-hmm. people are getting beat up and shot. And then you have the coked out fall from grace 80s, yeah. of the final hour mm-hmm. in the early 80s. Same year, too. 19- in, the, in the suburbs. I in mean, the, and, yeah. and, and it, that's, that's, I think, one of the things that is... Yeah. Uh, a detriment to this movie and really to like I hate to say it to like to Scorsese movies in general yeah. is having watched this now after Goodfellas it's like some of his movies like Silence Last Temptation of Christ like the ones that are religious do not have this but the right. ones that are the uh that are the organized crime and I think Megan the Librarian is like gonna kill me through the through her headphones right now as I say this about Scorsese but like these templates like Scorsese movies really strike have out template. as templates yeah. with like Mean Streets, Goodfellas, Casino, Wolf of Wall Street, well, Irishman, this is, this is all having is... that same arc in this in just such like Correct. similar beats with just like yeah. a different um like a different it's like a, the same car with like a different painting like uh, yeah. paint color exactly yeah and, and that's eight, that's eight, why I was actually eight. really interested to see if a movie that I wanted to bring up in suggestions later but unfortunately it's not on your list so I won't be. Maybe somebody else did, but I was going to throw the Irishman onto my list just so that we could complete the trilogy mm-hmm. to start next year yeah. and compare all three. But, like, it's not on your list, so right. you never suggested it. So I'm not, it's not going to be, but it would be really interesting to me to do that one first next year or at some point next year just to compare all three. But I think you're right that they absolutely follow the same basic structure and so does wolf of wall street yeah i was yeah. gonna say i feel like wolf of wall street almost is a better third mm. in the trilogy i know there's not actors that are the same but watching this i feel like sharon stone reminds me so much of margot robbie like if they remade casino right or casino Royale, if they made right <laughs> remade casino i mm-hmm. think i think margot robbie could play the ginger character Absolutely. and i think jonah hill really well maps on to the to the joe pesci character as well yeah 
for sure. Not just because of like physically they look similar, but like I do think like there's a reason that Jonah Hill was cast in The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Um, here's here's my question. Do you think this movie benefits or suffers from having the two leads be Robert De Niro and Joe Pesci again? Can you think of any other actors in 1995 that would work better as these two characters that might actually prove and not remind people so much of Goodfellas? Um, I think that's part of what this movie suffers from. Well, that and like that we open with an opening narration where Ace is basically like all my life. He basically says something along the lines of like all my life I wanted to run a casino. Yeah, exactly. It's so similar to Henry Hill. Um, (laughs) I liked Rob De Niro in this, but he's just he's too old. He's too old. Yeah, I think he is too. Um, and I know that was a complaint about Goodfellas, about him and Joe Pesci, that they were too old in that, you know, yeah. that I heard some people say. But I, I can't think off the top of my head who would be a better, um, like, who would be better in that role, just because I'm trying to put myself in 95. In 95 and like, it's yeah, but especially when we get to the stuff in the 80s, like, he just looks like the guy, he looks like the dad from Meet the Parents, right? right. Like, he's, yeah. and he's got, like, a, a toddler who's a daughter, a six-year-old daughter or whatever. Right. Um, and Ginger and he is says he's really 42 young. at one point, and you're like, 42? Right. Yeah. And and in the last scene, yeah. which I'm curious if Uncle G- I, I think like there was a lot of Sopranos in this, and I do feel like yeah. the look of Uncle Junior is based on the look of Ace at the end of this movie with the I big square that. glasses. Yeah, giant glasses, yeah. Those yeah. are, I said that I would tell you what my favorite piece of costuming in the entire film is. Mm-hmm. It's those glasses he's wearing at the end of the movie. Yeah, I love those glasses. I'm like, I really like the, um, and I know I know other people have brought up like the suits that he wears, but like yeah. there's a couple. Like, the, I really like the the suits, and I love that. I always call it the Regis look, where it's the shirt with the shiny tie that's the same oh, color. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But actually, it's the Ace Rothstein uh, yeah. look. Yeah, the salmon suit is really fantastic that he's wearing at the beginning of the movie. The salmon colored suit is yeah. fantastic. His bathrobe. Yeah, I do like the bathroom. Is there any? I don't think there was, but I was just trying to see if there was Mm. any kind of like uh, color theory where like the colors get darker as he has more power or something like that. But I didn't know or brighter. I didn't didn't notice any kind of pattern with it, um, so to speak of. Um, And I will say, like, I feel like I'm ripping on this movie. I really, really enjoyed the first two hours, and I would watch this movie again right before we got on. I watched like the last 45 minutes again, and it actually like I thought like kind of went pretty quickly, not Mm. being at the tail end of two hours. and so breaking it up a little bit helps. But I just think, like, the first two hours are a really, really well-made movie. And we just never get a good plot. And then when we try to squeeze, like, all the stuff with Ginger kind of going off the deep end because of... Um, with the you know, James Woods character. Yeah, yeah because of, of... Which James Woods is, like, this trashy pimp. Lester, just, like, yeah. So her former, weird, yeah, Lester, Lester Diamond is slash, yeah. 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 So, um yeah, I mean, I think like there's just like there's a lot that happens, especially in that last hour. I mean, we get this yeah. whole relationship between Ginger and Nikki, and we get like Ginger going crazy, and then Ginger stealing the money, and then everybody like the downfall of everybody. Like, there's just so much that happens. Right. Um, but I do like the whole message that like you know the whole movie we're we're seeing like the house always wins, right? Like I'm thinking of yep. the the Japanese businessman who they screw up his flight so that he comes back and he continues to gamble because they know the house yep. will eventually win if he keeps gambling. Yeah. And, and I, I think that's the message of the whole movie, right? The ace's yeah. life. The house of like eventually the house is gonna win. Eventually right. the feds and are I, gonna get you and take mm-hmm. you down. And I really like that scene with him and so there's a part in this movie where he has to fire where Ace has to fire one of his floor managers who happens to be the brother in law of one of their corporate backers. Mm-hmm. And the corporate backer after he fires him comes to Ace's office. 
and is like, you think you're the house. You're not the house. We're right. the house. Mm-hmm. And someday you're going to learn that and learn it the hard way. And then that's what happens in this movie. Like you, like he, he spends the entire movie thinking that he is the house. Right. But the house is actually the like politics behind the money, like the politics behind. Well, was that guy who came in? Was he one of, and I'm a little foggy on this. Was he one of the backers or was he like the, um, like an elected official who's in charge? He was like one of the, he was like one of the teamster backer guys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. And and then even the bosses think, who, are, who are like back in St. Louis and not yeah. close to everything going on yeah. with in Vegas, I have to stay far away. Even they think that they're the house and mm-hmm. they end up going down at the end of the movie. Right. Like everybody yeah. thinks that they're the boss and there's always like it, like the scene where they show, you know, the the dealer is watching the players. The pit boss is watching the dealer. Yeah, the floor exactly. boss is watching yeah. the pit boss. I'm watching the floor boss. The eye in the yeah. sky is watching all of us. Turns like, out the FBI is the eye in the sky. Watching right. Everybody, that everybody yeah. is watching everybody. Ever, and like the yeah. that Rube Goldbergness of this movie, I mm. really love. I love. It I reminds love that me scene. a lot of Ocean's Eleven yeah, in that way too. And mm-hmm. you even get a needle drop of one of the songs from the original 1960 version okay. of Ocean's Eleven in mm-hmm. this movie. And yeah. when that happened, I had forgotten that that happens in this movie. And it's really fantastic. Like, you hear, you start to hear Sammy Davis Jr. singing the EO11 song from Ocean's mm-hmm. Eleven. And you're like, oh, yeah, this is so cool. This is like, that set me, like, in the Vegas mood. Like, I've never mm-hmm. been to Vegas. But okay. if I ever went to Vegas, like, I would want it to feel like this. And it's such a bummer at the end of this movie when, like, Ace has to point out, like, Vegas doesn't feel the way that it should because now it's just you know it's basically disneyland is what he calls it right yeah that it gets know, and, and then we see yeah. like that his casino gets blown up and then the all room, the old the casinos, mirage, yeah yeah um the sands no, the tangiers and the stardust and, mm-hmm. yeah um tangiers I, uh, I, is a fake casino by the way that they made up for this movie because they couldn't use the one that actually was mob run in the 70s due to like you know both polit- uh, both for, um, what do you call it, uh, PR reasons, and also they don't want to piss off, you know, anybody that might get mad if they yeah. use real names. I, I would imagine places, that, um, you know, <laughs> that they, that there's probably multiple that were and probably still are yeah. run by the by the mob. Yeah. But they also um, couldn't say that back home was Chicago when it was. They had to use Kansas City and then the term back home. I love that of, also. Yeah. I love that the like when they would go back home that it would say in the lower third, like back yeah. home as, back home. as yeah. the title card. Yeah. So that yeah, that, that was really fun. Um yeah, I do think like there's some funny moments in this too. There is mm-hmm. some humor. Um, like you said, tons of needle drops. I mean, of course, like and again, that that's another thing that makes us feel like it was I like the music, but it's like of course, it's a Scorsese movie with a Rolling right. Stones needle drop, and there's like ten Rolling Stones needle drops in this, right. right? Like, of course, we're gonna hear "Gimme Shelter," and it's just like, it just almost becomes like, I don't know, like it's just un- sometimes feels a little unoriginal. Um, little having he's yeah. ripping off himself is kind of right. how it feels. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, he's kind of like ripping he's off playing, himself. Like he's the which... Rolling Stones playing the greatest hits, right? Yeah. Um, so, uh, and not that I'm like totally mad at it because I mean the performances are still fantastic in this movie. I mean everybody you know from the top down is except maybe don rickles who i don't know why he's in this movie like have a more dynamic actor in that part 
I kind of like that it's, this guy is like a subdued, like everybody else's muscle. And this guy is just like, cause he's the manager, right? He's like the right. floor manager yeah, the or whatever. Manager, right. Yeah. And it's like, I love the way that he is that quiet intimidation when yeah. they catch the two guys cheating. In, oh yeah, yeah. Um, in, in blackjack. Right. And then yeah. this guy is like, he just looks like a, you know, just kind of a quiet old man. And he's like, why don't we come back and verify your money in my, in my, uh, yeah, in my office. office. And it's yeah, just yeah. so threatening, even it's though great. it's like this yeah. nice old man. So, um, uh, another, another, um, famous, they, there are a lot of famous Las Vegas performers that mm-hmm. are in this movie. Um, Alan King is in this movie. He's best known as being the head of the Friars Club throughout okay. the sixties and seventies. And he's in this movie playing, uh, what's his name? Al, I believe it's Al Stone. Um, he's, he's really great in this, in his like little bit that he has to do, Andy Stone. So he's like their, he's like their like base of the company, uh, head of the casino, like the, the, the person that's supposed to like, not Kevin Pollack, but the older guy Mm -hmm. who's supposed to be the face of the casino, um, that like Ace is doing all the actual work behind the scenes. And this guy is like the front man. And I he I, I really liked him. Um, yeah, I did notice that uh, we also get um, what are their names? The the lion guys. Uh, oh, Siegfried, uh, and Roy. Siegfried and Roy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you have one of the Smothers brothers here. Okay. It, Dick Smothers is in this. Um, you also get Kevin Pollock is in this, which is weird. I like him though a lot. Um, yeah, just he, as like the guy, like the teamster guy that they take advantage of, who's yeah. like the face of yeah. the casino but isn't really like he's like their front man he's not really directly yeah. involved with them exactly the other front man yeah you you yeah. need so many front men to run a place like this right yeah there's oh i love like all the different levels and things like that and um, and like that they're you know that they're taking advantage of the system right that there's yeah. no way that ace could actually get his his gaming license approved right. because of his history right. but what he does is he he just keeps changing his title. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. it takes 10 years yeah. to get through. So just De- every couple beverage of years. Beverage manager and entertainment yeah. director. And, yeah. Um, and I really like that we watch, like, both him and Nikki's, like, their growth from yeah. these low-level criminals yeah. to, like, how they grow in the system, which is, like, that's all the fascinating stuff. And I just yeah. wish, like, I feel like with the Ginger character that we just – she just has kind of this archetype of, like, the crazy wife. In yeah, this movie. Exactly. Instead of being like, you know, there's a whole thing to explore with the way that she feels about Lester and how like she has control yeah. over all men except Lester. For some reason, Lester is able to control her. Yeah. And it's this whole thing of like Ace, like Ace is kind of an idiot because he even admits the first time he meets her that she's not the type of person that he should be falling in love with and starting a family with. Right. Because he can't change her. Yet he still tries. Yeah. And we do get some good scenes of them, like, when they're happy together, right? When she's going out and she has clients and then she comes back and, you know, she picks up the martini and they drink together and stuff like that. But just everything, like, where she, you know, and, like, again, like, they could have explored a little bit more, like, her substance issues. Like, there's just, like, and I don't even think, like, her performance... I mean, I know she got nominated. But I don't think. I mean, it was just like a, again, it was like it was like Nicolas Cage last week, where it was a big performance. But I don't yeah. know if it was necessarily a good performance. Yeah, I don't. I I think she's really great in this. Um, but yeah, it's it also feels very like stereotypical part for the time that gets nominated. Yeah, you know, and, and stereotypical yeah. part for the like crime epic, like, right? The, the wife who's epic. caught yeah, yeah. like 
everything's going fine for the husband, but the wife is causing all this problem. You know, it's mm-hmm. your, it's your uh, Lorraine Bracco's character in Goodfellas, yeah. Um, yeah. which I can't remember what her name. What is her name? Um, um, whatever. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Clearly, you know, we can't even remember her name. So. Karen. Karen. Yes. Karen. Karen. Yeah. Um, and, you know, then we get it in TV, right? We get the, the Carmela Soprano, the Skylar yeah. White, like the just the, like that that archetype of like the wife who's just like a drag and screws everything up. And if you yeah. would have just, if you would have just behaved, we never would have had these problems to begin. And it's just like, it's just a little tired to me, especially cause she's like basically the only woman in this movie besides yeah. uh, Scorsese's mom. Like, yeah. Who only and, pops up and Nick's her. wife, who's barely in this. Uh, I guess they do have a daughter, but like what happens to the daughter in the, the movie? That poor kid. I mean, I guess she's getting adopted by the neighbors. I guess. Yeah. Yes. I, mean, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, that poor kid. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about real quick. Uh, I think my favorite character in the movie. Okay. Um, so we have Frank Vincent as Nikki's muscle man, uh, Frank Marino. Yeah. I really love this performance. It's I wish it was so... Frank Mariano. Frank Mariano. Um, I wish. No, Mar- it is Marino. I know. I wish Marino. it was Frank Mariano. Oh, Frank Mariano. Yeah. yeah. Um, He's really fantastic, and you only realize why he's in this role at the very end of the movie. And it's Which, so that he gets to kill Joe Pesci. Yes. And, as revenge for Joe Pesci killing him in Goodfellas. Oh, and it's yeah, so it's, it's fantastic because yeah. Frank Vincent played Billy Bats in Goodfellas. Mm-hmm. And oh. so, yeah. And that he, yeah. Be- he beats the hell he out of He gets to beat the hell out of, out of Joe Pesci Dominic. at the end yeah. of this movie. Yeah. Yep. I do love the setting for that death scene. It's like that death oh, scene actually is like yeah. really good scene. In the middle of a cornfield, yeah. We get yeah, it's in the middle of a cornfield, and Nikki is giving the narration of that scene, and it's very subtle, but in the narration, when he gets hit by the bat, he goes, Oh, and he stops <laughs> yeah, the narration. Yeah, yeah, so it's like he's giving the narration mm-hmm. and then it stops when the attack happens. Yes. Um yep. and I just love the way that cornfield looks too. Like it's it reminds me of the Godfather. Yeah. Um it reminds me of Looper well, as it's well. Also- it's also foreshadowed really early in the film when Nikki first goes out to Vegas and he gives this whole monologue about how many bodies are buried in the desert outside mm-hmm. Vegas and that you'd better dig the hole first before you take somebody out there to kill them because it's gonna take it's gonna add an extra 45 minutes to an hour mm-hmm. to your time if you don't have the hole already dug. And so when they drive up to the cornfield, you see that the hole was already dug. Yep. Yeah. So it's, um, and it's it's both of them that get beat. Yeah. I, so on my rewatch, I just had, I had to skip the actual beating because oh, it is like awful. it yeah, is really brutal. brutal and it looks like it just makes yeah. me like squirm. Like I was thinking about like how much that would hurt, how your body would just go into shock. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was just, just thinking like very dark things. Like, yeah. yeah. Like and, and they buried so, them while they were still breathing too. Which yeah. Is, yeah. It's a it's a it's one of the most brutal death scenes that I can think yeah. of. Um, yeah, and then Frank Vincent, of course, also was one of the big bads uh, on Sopranos. As well. Yes, and he had a very fun uh, downfall mm-hmm. on that show as well. Yeah. So, um, speaking of death scenes, uh, okay. so the movie opens with we see Ace getting blown up, and I guess I had seen the opening to this movie because I yeah. did. I had seen a movie that opened with that, but that's all I had seen from this movie was mm-hmm. that opening. I don't think I made it very far. Um, I thought that it's an interesting choice and a little bit of a safe choice. I feel like to mm-hmm. show you that he dies at the beginning 
And then it turns out at the end of the movie that he actually did not blow his car blow up, but be, yeah. but you know, we, we had had so many intricacies of how things work early in the movie that the intricacy yeah. of how his car worked. And this is how Ace got big, right? The Ace was studying the floor and he was studying every yeah. detail of these bets that he made. So, and that's why he was winning so much. And the people who tried to take the hit out on Ace didn't study his car well enough didn't to know their research. They, yeah. They didn't do their research. So because of that, they weren't able to successfully kill him yeah. and he survives. I like that. Th- I actually really like that. Yeah. yeah, I like that thematically, but I just don't mm-hmm. like it as a story choice. I, I think fine. it would have been better if he was just blown up in the car. Um, I mean, I think part of it is that when you're doing this as quote unquote based on a true story. True. Yeah. There are some things you don't want to change. Mm-hmm. Like Nicky Santoro and his brother being killed and buried in a cornfield is what really happened to the real life, you know, person that his character and his brother are based on. You know, Ace being blown up in his car actually happened to Lefty Rosenthal, who, you know, Ace is based on. I see. Like, okay. it's, you know, it's it's very much based on a true story of what happened in Vegas in the 70s and 80s. Yeah. So. I was going to ask if there's, like, because in Breaking Bad, there's a read on a certain character in the finale being in their car. Right. And then there's a read on that that, like, everything that happens afterwards, because everything happens so, yeah. like, cleanly afterwards, that yeah. actually that character died in their car. And yeah. everything was just a everything was just a vision, right? That that isn't what happened. Is there any read on Casino where you could say that Ace actually dies in the car bombing and that like no. just imagines everything? I don't think so. I don't yeah. I don't read it that way. But you know, I mean, I they would be real weird. I don't think that's this type of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, um, I think uh, I think starting it with the death scene, it adds like a mm-hmm. layer of mystery because you're like, oh. Ha- who is going to be the one to be the downfall of Ace that's going to right. blow up Ace? Because we see our main character die in the first minute of this movie. But it does kind of remind me of, like, the stuff I didn't like about the first season of White Lotus, that we open yeah. with a dead body in the first season of White Lotus. And then that is just, like, hanging over the whole movie and a yeah. little distracting. Or the, the, Yeah, I think that's fair. But I, but I guess that and I guess that also is like we we open Goodfellas with a dead body in the trunk. And it's like, oh, how did the, we see the dead body? And now, like, let's find out how the dead body got there. Right. Well, uh let's see what else did i have to say on this i mean i think i think it's like i i feel like i covered a lot of this stuff i really liked Artie pasenko has like this thin veneer shirt like speaking of people's costume like people's outfits it's like this see-through button-up shirt i thought that was really funny okay um i also thought the translated payphone call was good and i was trying to remember if that we had something similar like that in goodfellas where they the, where nikki and an ace are talking to each other but they're like talking in code right about yeah the there are a couple like, of them the like that where they people use payphones in interesting ways or like yeah. to get a message and then freak out at the payphone right i do remember robert de niro's character using the payphone in goodfellas but i just didn't i didn't remember if they did like the translate thing before mm. so um and uh, the cops shooting blue because they thought his his sub sandwich was a gun is pretty funny. Yeah, it's um, a little a little sad, but yeah. Yeah, um, I guess yeah, I guess that probably ties a little bit uh, too close to reality in real life of things that happen. Yep, but not funny, haha. No, not no, no, not funny, haha. Did make me want a sandwich a little bit though. <laughs> I don't know why. In some in some weird know. way. Uh, yeah. All right, should we get to uh, listener feedback? I'm let's sure get listener to some feedback. listener feedback. Yeah, let's wrap right. Cool. All right. Uh, I still, I guess I'll give my score. I still don't know where I'm landing, <laughs> but we'll see. Okay. Uh, all right. So we start out with Alex O and he says, happy holidays, Zach and Brendan. Thank you, Alex. And he said, I liked a lot of Casino, but it felt overlong in a way other Scorsese's usually, Scorsese movies usually don't. Uh, 
Sharon mm-hmm. Stone is really good in the standout performance, but considering we get the two other main characters in her monologues and even one from Nikki's uh, duplicitous henchman, Frankie, it felt weird that we never get to her thoughts. Yeah. And speaking of monologues, I found the way that they broke the fourth wall at times interesting, especially the point Rothstein's monologue trails off or when Nikki is murdered mid monologue. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also pretty distracting at times. Overall, I liked but didn't love the film. 3.5 out of 5. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah. Is there any rationale for why we don't get Ginger's thoughts? I can't think um, of a good one. Yeah. Just that Scorsese couldn't think of how to write that. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I I can't think of why, but yeah, it is I can't a, think of why. Yeah. It is a flaw. I mean, and it's just especially when her character ends up being kind of like for me the weak part of the story and sort of the downfall of this. Like it's very, I don't know. It's just it's just a little difficult to wrap my head around. Okay. Uh, all right. So and then Alex continues. P.S. According to the Wikipedia, after the real life Frank Rosenthal's death, it was revealed that he was an FBI informant. Mm. Um, which would have been an interesting aspect to have included in the movie if it had been known at the time. Yeah. I also found it interesting that the chair of the gaming commission was future Senate majority leader, Harry Reid. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Um, so Frank Rosenthal, that's the character that yep. uh, Ace is based on. Yeah. Uh, Frank Lefty Rosenthal. His nickname was Lefty. Ace. Yeah. Uh, okay. Uh, Ace is, Ace is a pretty good one for a, Ace uh, is a good one. Lefty's not bad either though. Yeah. yeah. Lefty's not bad. Lefty's um, not bad. I do love when he's like measuring and like balancing the dice and things like that. Yeah. Like just all of the like, I could have watched three hours of the inner workings of a casino. Yeah, and that would have been really it's, just a great movie. I love. It's that. amazing how much like when you watch this movie, you can tell how much Soderbergh studied mm-hmm. how Vegas is how Vegas is visualized in this movie for his remake of Ocean's Eleven. Yeah, like the way the camera moves around the casino in Ocean's Eleven, like really harkens back to how it's used and how it's mm-hmm. cut around the different games and the different tables and the different people in a casino in, in this. Yeah. I know we get Andy Garcia. And so there is yeah. that like God, uh, the Godfather trilogy connection to yeah. Robert De Niro, yeah, but yeah. I, there's not really any other connection between casino and uh, Ocean's Eleven. Is there? No, not, not a, not no, a major one. Yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, we do have people trying to rip off the casino and casino, but not mm-hmm. right. Major, yeah. But not, yeah. not as a major plot point, just a minor one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All uh, right, uh, Megalog Rand. Yeah. Megalog Rand says, this would not make my top five Scorsese movies, or maybe even my top ten, but that's not much of a criticism considering the depth of his filmography. De Niro's colorful suits remain my favorite thing about the film. Four out of five from Megan Rand. Yeah, this wouldn't make my top five Scorsese movies. I don't even know what my top five would be off the top of my head. Right. I mean, I think... I really need to rewatch The Departed. I don't think The Departed yeah. has the same template as these movies. Um, no. I think he gets away from the template in The Departed and in Gangs of New York. Yeah, um, yeah I don't, I, it's really, I would have to sit down and think about this. I feel like this is, maybe mm-hmm. this is an, act, an activity when Killer Girl Flower Moon comes out. Um, yeah. But I do love Raging Bull and Gangs of New York. I think both of those movies are, are fantastic. So um, I'm really hoping we get Killers of the Flower Moon next year. Yeah, I mean, we're supposed to. So, yeah, speaking of Scorsese, though, in top five, so we've done Shutter mm-hmm. Island, we've done Goodfellas, we've done Casino. Yep. Um, we've done After Hours. We've done yep. Mean Streets. Yep. Is that it? So we've done five? Five times? Six. For- Six the oh, aviator. and The Aviator. Yeah, The Aviator. I think this would be solidly in the middle for me yep. of the ones we've done. Um, here's a discussion I wanted to have. Okay. We've never done this before. Yep. Is it time to put Martin Scorsese in the vault? 
and never do another Scorsese. Retire Scorsese from the podcast. Oh, man. Megan the Library would kill us. Yeah. Uh, Did I say after hours as well? Yeah. Let me think about that and let's have that discussion on Sunday. Aviator, after hours, mean streets. I think I miscounted. Casino, Goodfellas, Shutter Island. Okay, six. Yeah, let's have that discussion on Sunday. Let's take yeah, that. Yeah, I don't necessarily think we need to. I just wonder, like, film spotting puts things in the vault, right? Yeah, Whatever. but I don't want to. I don't want to rip off film spotting yeah. either. So you know. And that might be a detriment. I don't what's know. What's the What's our version of the vault? The the shed. We got to retire the ladder to the shed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I mean, and I do think like we've done so many. It would be interesting to continue doing them. You know, maybe someday we end up doing all the Scorsese movies, yeah, right? Can be, can be. Um, although I don't. Some of them are so long, and maybe it might be hard to get through some of them again. But um, for the podcast, but yeah, to be determined. Um, all right. And so her score was four out of five. Yes, four out of five. What did your brother Aaron say? All right, my brother Aaron says 2.5 out of five. Casino is not bad, but not nearly the heights of Goodfellas, and it held me back. I also don't care for the beginning for beginnings like that. Maybe I need mm. to revisit this. Um, yeah, maybe so. What do you think? He doesn't like the car bombing, I'm assuming? Yeah, I think he's with you on the car bombing thing. And the, yeah. Yeah. I bet you're wondering how I got here in right, this yeah. flaming car. All my life. Let's rewind. Want, all yeah. my life, I wanted to be an FBI informant. Exactly, yeah. All right. Uh, Jim says Casino is a classic. All of the little stories from Ace and Nikki on how various scams work. Casino would be a great weekly TV series. Mm. Didn't they try to do that with Hugh Jackman? Called like, wasn't there a Vegas TV show? I mean, I'm sure there's been a million Vegas TV shows. Uh, So many of the, sorry, so many of the events from the movie were skipped quickly as set up but could be the basis of an episode of TV. I guess in some sense, that's what The Sopranos was, but maybe it is time for that to happen again. Four and a half out of five, here are the movie Martin Scorsese for nice. Professor Jim. Glad, glad Professor Crumb liked this one so much. Um, yeah, I think a, a TV series, you know, like a, a prestige yeah. TV series that takes place in a casino. Um, An actually like, good TV series, yes. Yeah, like a ne- like a Netflix or HBO Max series or yeah. something like that. Like a, like a behind that. Yeah. Um, I, I also always thought that a prestige TV series about, like, a college football coach, and so you get into, like, all of the stuff with recruiting and dirty recruiting and, like, college you know, drama and stuff like that. Like, I think like that with an anti-hero type character could be really interesting. Totally. Like the different. college version of Friday Night Lights, basically. Yes. But like, you know, like Friday Night Lights mixed with like Sopranos, right? Where we're getting like, sure, we're getting like dirty recruiting and we're I'm getting, sure we'll get that. you know, cheating and points, point shading and yeah. stuff like that. Uh, there was a college basketball version of that called Blue Chips. That yeah, that's a movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like similar, like Blue Chips, the show. Yeah. Um, Okay. I, there's, I mean, there's also there was a show I don't know if you remember it was on ESPN called Playmakers and it was like oh, yeah. basically about the NFL. Um, and yeah. the NFL made them take it off. That show was awesome as well. That's hilarious. So, uh, all right. Uh, Stefan says Sharon Stone stole the show. De Niro and Pesci are also great, but walking on familiar territory. I think the story of Casino is better than Goodfellas, but Goodfellas is a better film because of its length and pacing. Casino is mm-hmm. about thirty minutes too long. Also, the overuse of narration started to feel like I could just listen to the movie and I didn't even need to watch it. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was both show and tell. I see why it's getting it's gotten a larger following later in life. When it was released, it was too similar to other things at the time and mm-hmm. of the director. So, yep. uh, and that he gets it a 3.5 out of 5. Yep. Three and a half from Stefan. That is going to average us to a 3.6 from the listeners. Um, Zach, do you want me to go first? I'm going to go first. Well, one thing from the listeners, real quick, I just wanted to go back to um, 
mm-hmm. Alex's comment. Um, yes. I was just thinking about this. Uh, he talks about how he learned that Rothstein was an FBI informant. Um, and we have people complain about the pacing. If there was also an angle of this where Rothstein was working with the FBI, this movie would have been like four hours long. Oh, yeah, for sure. Or if they had maybe like made that part of the thing, but also like tightened it up in other places. Like, mm-hmm. it, yeah. Or, you know, have this be a multi-part movie like uh, like Scorsese's Godfather, you know, have mm-hmm. a part one and a part two to this. Yeah. Movie. Have Casino one and Casino two. Yeah. You know? yeah. I feel like the but Irishman then, sort of is that, but it's all one movie, but right. you can break it up. Fair enough. Um, yeah, you can go first. That's fine. All right. Um, I think that I'm going to land at a three for oh, this, wow. which okay. is not what I was expecting to come into this at. I honestly, yeah, the pacing on this watch just really got to me. Um, I don't know if I was just, like, overly exhausted from Christmas weekend, but this is maybe the least I've liked the film <laughs> watching it since it came out. Like, uh-huh. I mean, it's, I, I really struggled with it. Um, I mean, there, there are individual parts that are great. There are performances that are great. But I really wasn't jiving with it on this watch. And really was not able to get, well, he did that in Goodfellas. He did that in Goodfellas. God, this is just Goodfellas again. Mm-hmm. Out of my head as I was watching it. And mm-hmm. that's, you know, it's not a total, like, loss because it's that. Because Goodfellas is a great freaking movie. And if you're going to redo Goodfellas set in Las Vegas, I mean, you might as well do it up. Right. Um, this is a, yeah, it's a three. Okay. It's a three um, all right. Well, I said coming in, I was a 3.75 and I was either going to go up to a four or down to a 3.5. And uh, I think I've complained enough about this movie that I don't think I could move it up. So I think I have to go down to a 3.5, although I, I really am closer to 3.75. Um, I'm surprised I'm higher than you on this movie. Um, I am honestly shocked, too. I did not come into having this be our final movie of the year expecting to feel medium about it. Yeah, I just you know? I love the first two hours. I don't think I've mm-hmm. talked enough about how good if that was the whole movie and we just wrapped it up at the end of like and we never had right. James, uh, James, uh, whatever his name is. He doesn't deserve a last name. James Woods. James, yeah. Woods. James Woods. Yeah, we didn't have if we didn't have his his pimp character beaten up like that. I feel like is when the movie turns right when he's yeah. attacked. Um, and he is like so silly looking. I, I do. I yeah, do it's... love seeing like James Woods look like such a moron. I thought that was funny because I'm so used to him being like clean and buttoned up you know we saw him in the right stuff and some of these other movies um so i thought that he wasn't the right stuff right or my no no he's a chaplain. Was yeah. no yeah no oh i was thinking of nixon that's what i was yeah. that's what i was thinking i was yeah. like i know i watched him in something recently <laughs> um but yeah and it is interesting he actually you only know, talk about once upon a time in america but yeah. this is the second time that i've seen robert de niro play a jewish man and robert de niro just isn't he doesn't look jewish to me uh right. it's weird that he keeps playing jewish people because <laughs> um, he plays a Jewish gangster in Once Upon a Time in America, which is okay. also an epic longer than this movie. Um, I think comes together much better and, and kind of has a similar. Actually, it has like the the like book endings, the first scene, and then you do the flashback and see the rise, and then you come back to that scene later in the movie. Um, so they're actually like Once Upon a Time in America would have been a great connection off of this because mm-hmm. there's and maybe it'll come up. It's just super long, but there are so many there are so many connections, and that was ten years before. I was eighty four. This was ninety five. Um, and and that was uh, uh, that was uh, Sergio Leone who made that, not Francis yeah. for Coppola. So, anyways, um, 
yeah, it's just it's it's two thirds of a really good movie. And I hate that yeah. it, that third it just it fell apart and then it doesn't come together in a good way. It just kind of is like rushed and frantic at the end, which I know that's like the cocaine 80s. We got the cocaine 80s in Goodfellas already. Yeah, exactly. Um, that, yeah, I agree. Yeah. And and it just it, it like in retrospect makes me like like Wolf of Wall Street a little bit less because I feel like Wolf of Wall Street is also just this template. Um, and mm-hmm. I would be curious to see if that actually holds because I've only seen that movie once. Mm-hmm. Um and but i love in my the life i wanted like, to be an investment banker right exactly yeah, yeah. and then he does end up uh well yeah. he, no i don't know he ends up with something fbi related i don't remember exactly how that works at the end of that movie um yeah but i don't know there's fun and some of the individual scenes like the mr ishikawa scene is really good like i love when yeah. they're like he takes us for millions downstairs and then takes us for the free shampoo upstairs like that's such right. a funny line um I don't know. And like that we all, you know, we get like the the woman cooking sauce in the back of the restaurant at the beginning. Like there's mm-hmm. there's really good individual moments in this. This is like the yeah, softest really didn't come together. Yeah. So anyways, rambling, right. but that's a 3.5 for me. All right. It's going to be a 3.367, which will round up to a 3.5 overall for the purposes of letterboxing. Definitely interesting movie. We, we had a lot to talk yeah. about with that. Definitely. Um, so, you know, doesn't always have to be a hit, but it does have to be interesting. Ooh, hero of the movie, uh, Joe Pesci. I think Joe Pesci was my favorite in this. I think he's, like, so slimy. And, like, I think of yeah. the scene where him and Ginger, he's, like, he's, like, seducing Ginger. And she's, like, you know, pouring her heart out to him. And then he just, like, pushes her head down and makes her give him a blowjob. Like, it's just, like, yeah. he's just such a slime ball in this movie. Um, and I liked Robert De Niro, but I just think he was too old for this role. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I'm fine with Joe Pesci being a little bit older. He's got, like, that blonde streak or uh, gray streak in his hair and... Um, I think Nikki's arc was interesting, and Nikki's death scene is like classic. Yeah, so he's your hero of the movie. Yes. Uh, Joe Pesci in general. Um, I'm gonna give it to Sharon Stone just because she did get the Oscar down for it. I yeah. I did enjoy her performance on this watch. Um, I think she is doing a great job. Um, you know, it's she's so like insane and wild and like overreactive, but mm-hmm. I was here for the performance. I especially really liked it against like what De Niro is doing in those scenes where he's, like, calm but intimidating, like, he's a jerk. Like, he gets to be the calm one. And which she's, like, the people person. Like, I lo- yeah, yeah. That, that scene where, the montage where she's, like, walking by and slipping everybody $100 bills, right? Like, and, like, it's, like, she does the same thing as him, right? She's controlling all the different people in this Rube Goldberg yeah. machine where she's, like, I talk to the valet who talks to the parking attendant who talks to this and like it gets right. me into these places. Like it's really right. cool how she controls Vegas. And I, right. yeah, she got a little bit of the short shrift in this. Yeah, I agree. So I'm, I'm going to give it to her here. I'm going to give her her flowers here and make her my hero of the movie. Yeah. Um, right. Quick in the Dead. She's so good in Quick in the Dead. Too. She really is. I like Quick in the Dead. That would a lot. be a cool one if that came up next year. Mm. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? All right. All right. What's next? Uh, what is next? Uh, connections. Yes. So, I mean, we talked about Vegas. We talked about drinking. We talked about druggies. Um, we talked about all the bright lights and fancy colors of the Las Vegas Strip. Um, you know, I mean, got, all of that connects pimp, to last week. We've got the pimp character yep, or the hooker the character. character. Uh, the 1995 Oscars connection that yep. we talked about as well, the best actress. Oscars connection, yeah. Um, and I just, I did like the line. Like, there's a couple lines that I wrote down, too. Like, Las Vegas washes away your sins. Yeah. Um, there's also some cha- soundtrack connections as well. They, yeah, they there were some blues. A lot yes. of the same. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, the truth about Las Vegas is another line. I thought about maybe mm-hmm. that being one of our our title connection. Um, or what happens in Vegas? 
is uh, another one I thought about. I like what happens in Vegas. Yeah. Do you think that we should make a title connection that's like staying Las Vegas? No, I like what happens in Vegas. What happens in Vegas? Keep it simple. Keep it simple, man. All right. All right, what about connections to other movies from this year? Obviously, Goodfellas. I don't think we need to talk yeah, about Yeah, I mean, we anymore. spent the whole movie talking about the Goodfellas connections. Yeah. Um, I'm sure we had lots of soundtrack connections to other stuff we did this year. Um, can we? Here's the big one. Can we in some way connect this to Michael Collins? And I think oh, yeah. that we can. Because I think okay. that we can talk about a guy who falls in love, that relationship gets him in trouble... And then he has this crazy best friend that gets him into a war that gets a bunch of people killed. So blame it on the women is what you're saying. No, because I'm also blaming it on the best friend, the Joe Pesci slash. Ah, who, was okay. the, who was the best friend character in Michael Collins? Oh, man, that's a... Was it Gary Oldman? to remember almost a year ago. Oh, snap. Uh, it's not Gary Oldman. It's... A- uh, Aiden Quinn or Stephen Ray? Maybe I'm maybe thinking of Aiden Quinn. Alan yeah. Rickman? Yeah. Oh, I'm thinking of Rickman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Man, there's a lot of now I yeah. can now I can say this. There's a lot of Harry yeah. Potter actors in Michael Collins. <laughs> but yeah, okay. So yeah, there we go. Uh, nice. Uh, yeah, let's see. Um, so James Woods was in uh, Chaplin as well. So That's we have true. that connection. I kind of forgot we did Chaplin. This. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> we've done. I mean, Joe Pesci does not have a lot of movies in his filmography. Um, and we've done. A few of now, them, four yeah. of them. We've yeah. done Goodfellas, Home Alone, Casino, and My Cousin Vinny. There you go. Um, yep. I mean, he only, you know, outside, he take, you know, he's got the Lethal yeah. Weapon movies, but like major yep. roles, he's got, you know, Irishman, Raging Bull, Home Alone 2, Once Upon a Time in America, JFK, yep. and then Lethal yeah. Weapon. Um, Rustin talks about like sports betting in this, and that's, you know, Moneyball is sort of an analytics of like betting on mm. different things in sports. Like, it's, yeah. you know, yeah. So and, we got the- uh, and we've got Jonah Hill in that, who ends up being the collaborator in uh, in future Scorsese movies. There you go. Boom. I think he's in Killers of the Flower Moon as well. Yep. Um, yeah, uh, leaving your home to pursue better opportunities. Uh, yep. So that the whole back home thing could tie back to right. Brooklyn um, and across the universe as well. Um, yeah, like Devil's Advocate kind of rising to like, yeah. the top of your profession by making a deal with the devil. Yep. I mean, that's a good connection. Obviously, Aviator was Scorsese. Yep, so. there you go. Um, oh, uh, Little League. So we have Little Nicky. Which oh, yeah, I we have was, that Little League. It was thing. funny that we have Little Nicky. I think my brother definitely would have suggested Little League. <laughs> yeah. Um, but Little Little Nicky is in Little League. And, uh, yep. And, we had Mike Blue Heaven and Little Giants. And, and yeah. Paul Ten and a Half as well. Oh, yeah. Paul Ten and a Half. Um, and there is that line, the toughest Irishman I ever met. Um, so yeah. that goes back to our early movies with the Irish people that there we had. Yep. And the, the Irishman, if we ever do that. So... Uh, all right. What is your uh, movie map? The last uh, time we movie map back to season two, and then we're gonna be moving. I know this is wild. Um, so I wrote two down. The first one obviously is Mean Streets because okay. you get the Scorsese and De Niro and soundtrack, and then I wrote down Boogie Nights because I okay. thought just the sprawling cast and the manic use of drugs and sex and mm-hmm. going between parties like it. It, it felt a lot like Boogie Nights, like the energy and the vibe. Like, instead of, you know, instead of the mob and casino industry, it's the porn industry. Mm-hmm. But it still had a lot of the same, like, vibes. Yeah, that rise you know. and fall. It's like a rise and fall. Yeah, the rise and fall. Yeah. Yep. Um, no, I actually I actually really like Boogie Nights. Um, mean Streets is good. Uh, Catch Me If You Can is good. Yep. Big Lebowski is another one. Um, just sure. because of the, like, uh, 
kind of oh, crime epic. Yeah, but it's I feel like Big Lebowski is like not the best connection. So I think I'll probably be in agreement with you about Boogie Nights, although I would throw Catch Me If You Can, just a criminal over the years. Yep. And uh well and that with that we retire season two. Oh man. It's sad. I I can't wait to shuffle all these into a folder. Right. Yeah. It's <laughs> uh it we are like closing the book on so many things. Uh but before yeah. we close the book, we have one last thing. So oh, man. If yeah. I was if I was Avin Chester, I would have pulled that clip of uh, Sharon Stone saying, "I just have to get one more thing," and I would hey, play yeah. it before one last thing. But uh, that is way too much editing work to yeah, edit in sound clips. Yeah. Like pretty, pretty, pretty good does. But just pretend like we do that. Yeah. Uh, one last thing. Do I have one last thing from this movie? Um, I can start. Oh, so I do remember. Um, so I had this movie on VHS in the mid '90s when it came out, and it was a double. VHS. Mm. Um, I, I do remember I, being a double VHS. I think I actually went to college with the double VHS of this movie when people were still using VCRs. And then, you know, I mean, very, very quickly, you know, got rid of it when things started going full DVD. But um, I do I do remember that I owned the double VHS of this in the mid-90s. Yeah. I would love to see an article that's like points out the split point of every double oh, VHS. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I would too. Um, and, you know, Split point for double VHS. I think that means that we should get a uh, we should get intermissions in more movies. Absolutely. Think about it. If there's a five minute intermission in Avatar two, yep. people could go to the bathroom. They could go buy more concessions. So the theaters will make more money, and it would only add five minutes to the runtime. Cut a little bit of yep. the trailers off and have an intermission. Yep. So. Uh, yeah. I always think of Titanic as a double VHS. That's yeah. the one that that and um. Nixon as well. I feel like that Casino had to be one of the last double VHSs ever made. Like Casino and Titanic were probably the last. Two. Yeah, Titanic was definitely a double VHS. Yeah, yeah uh, for sure. and that was a couple years after. Uh, all right, so mine is uh, at the end of the movie when Ginger crashes her car into the house, or yes. towards the end of the movie, uh, the cops come. Yep. And one of the cops I thought for sure was Liev Schreiber. It looked just like Liev Schreiber. Okay. The one he talks to, the one who says that yeah, he's yeah, yeah. going to, his wife is pregnant. Uh, he calls so uh, Ace calls that guy Randy. Well, he's yeah. credited as cop at Ace's house, but the actor is named Randy Sutton. So I just thought it was oh. funny for like a small role that the character they, is just the name of the actor. He's Randy. Yeah, De Niro probably was like, "Well, I need to give him a name." And yeah, right. Yeah. Well, and the, you know, we got a couple other characters that ha- use their actor name, right? That we had Frank Vincent plays a character named Frank, for example. Yeah. Uh, I also noticed that I was like, is that Scorsese's mom who plays uh, Piscano's mom? The De Niro, yeah, or the, the Delicatessen mom, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, and like she was, it. of course, she was in Goodfellas, of course, as yep. well. There um, you go. So, uh, yeah, so that was my one last thing. Nice. Good job. Right. That closes the book on the, the casino books, the, the, the betting books, whatever yeah. you call Cash- it. We're cashing in our chips we're on cashing season three. We're cashing in our chips. Um, I, uh, did that make you want to go to a casino, this movie? No, not really. It makes me never want to go to a casino because he's right. The house does always win. The reason why they're like, yeah. you might get lucky, but more the more you bet, the more likely you are. Exactly. Because yeah. Yeah. they don't want they don't want you to win. They want you to stay. Right. They want Despite you to win like, a little so that you stay and spend right. more. And that's why they get, they give you a free room so that you yep. stay for an extra night and then you exactly. load your money. Yep. Um, the. Uh, yeah, and, and despite what they say in this movie, the, the new casinos might have been built on Teamster money or on junk bond money. But when yeah. he says the casinos were built on junk bonds, I was like, no, they were built on people losing their shit, losing right. their mortgages. 
Right, exactly. I think that what I would say is that I agree with if I ever went to Vegas, like the, what they always say is that you should never go for more than two nights. Mm. And then like you max out at two nights and you you have to have a budget. And when you're done, you're done. Yeah. Like you, um, like I you, think you, you need to go for a little bit more than two nights. I mean, it's I okay. feel like it's it's not fun, that fun over two nights. Okay. But what is I mean, you just if you're gonna fly all the way out there, you need to like you know. But you That's could fair. also make other plans. You go see there's some other like I did some hiking when I was out there, and there's yeah. Hoover Dam. But also like go when there's some good sports on because you can just sit in the uh, sports yeah. book and play some bets and then watch a football game, and it's like sitting at the sports bar. So true, like that's fun. True. Yeah. So, um, or you can come to Detroit because there's casinos in Detroit, and there's a right. lot of other things to do here too. Yeah, that's true. Cool. <laughs> all right. Well, it is right. time now for our uh, suggestions section where we'll be picking the first movie. Of season four, I I honestly cannot believe we're going to be in the fourth year of this podcast. I know it's wild. I can't either. I, I, are we picking tonight or are we? We're picking gonna... tonight. Yes. No. We're okay, tonight. so we're not going to save it for the pod. Okay. Cool. Cool. Yes. No, because then other people would have to listen to the second pod, and then that would be right. released like two days before we're going to be recording. So yeah, the next one. So yeah, let's let's give them the. We're break. gonna we're gonna be so the the criteria was you have to resuggest something that was been suggested from this year. It does not have to be something you suggested, but that's sometimes easier for people. It does not have to connect to casino, but it can. And that will be how we're starting uh, the next year. So we, the way we've always started these podcasts, we started with Fargo in season one, Young Frankenstein in season two, Michael mm-hmm. Collins in season three. Um, so it's it's always interesting. Um, yeah. And this will this will be the first step in our ladder of season four. I'm uh, excited. If you have friends that you think would enjoy the podcast, the new season is always a good place to start because the ladder is fresh. Um, we, it's going to get harder and harder as we go on to not be suggesting movies we've already done since this is our 156th movie, but um, we'll try. So, uh, all right, kick things off. Uh, once we do pick our movie, send in your feedback at Ladder Movie on Twitter and Instagram, movieladdergmail.com. And we've got from Jenny, our music teacher. First, a little shop of horrors. Yeah. Uh, it blends comedy, musical, and horror really well. It has an amazing cast. It has a man-eating singing plant. Who could ask for anything more? Who could ask for anything more? All right. That's not from Little Shop of Horrors. It's not, me. but it is a song. <laughs> <laughs> uh, number two, Enemy Mine. It's a blind spot for both of you. It's a well-made movie. Yep. I'm interested to know how it plays in light of today's world for people who haven't seen it. And that one came up several times earlier this year. Um, so that's a, it's a good one. Yeah. yeah. All right. Alex O has Cloud Atlas, Gattaca, and of course, Critters 3. Yep, and those are all based on his earlier suggestions throughout the year, um, yep. especially the Critters 3 one, you'll recall. Yep. Uh, I love it. Oh, Megan the Librarian. It's like she read my mind. Yep. Uh, Quick and the Dead. This connects to Casino through the fact that both were released in 1995, both star Sharon Stone. It also has a fun Scorsese connection with pre Scorsese Leo being in the cast. Yep. Speaking of people who might need to go the to the you know, careful. Yep. Uh, Deep Impact. Megan mm-hmm. says, I suggested this off the Family Man because of Tay Leona. I really, Tay Leone, I really like this movie, and with its huge, huge cast, it would give plenty of possibilities for where to go next on the true, ladder. True. And Great finally, cast in Deep Impact. Her third one, Pride. This just seems like it would be fun to watch, and I think it's supposed to be a feel-good film, which might be a nice way to start the new year. There you go. Yep. All right. Uh, so Olin is connecting off of the Michael Collins episode. Good job, Olin. First one is Paddington 2, a big, fun family movie with swindles, crime, and prison time. Mm-hmm. Next one, Battle of Algiers, chilling and beautiful film about anti-colonial war. Brent and I, I were just talking about that. I watched Battle of Algiers earlier this year for Criterion. Absolutely loved it. It was great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, taking one off of my list, uh, In Bruges, 
Hate it I actually, I believe it's pronounced. Good. I believe it's pronounced in fucking Bruges. Yeah, in fucking Bruges. Yes. yes. I hated this film, but it seems like a good time as any to revisit. So when we start off with the Irish again for yeah. season four, like it's it. gonna be hard for me to say season four. I'm gonna say season. Three. I know it's wild. Yep. Uh, season four, we're gonna be hitting our 200th episode next year. I'm excited. Yeah. We should do a live show. <laughs> All right. Uh, and Maybe we can have another Dazed and Confused experience where that one of us goes to see the other. And... Yeah, that could be good. Yeah. I mean, that's what we did for. Oh, no, just for Dazed and Confused. Yes, yeah, uh, We almost did one for our, for our 150th. Nah. All right, my brother Aaron. Uh, so I texted him this morning and said, hey, don't forget to get your suggestions in. I told him the watch list had to be through page 33. And he said, give me two numbers. Yeah, so I gave right. my brother gave him three and 18. And he picked off of those two pages. <laughs> nice. Uh, so Wild at Heart, he said, not sure you've done a David Lynch movie yet, and this one is underrated. Have not. We've not done a David Lynch movie yet. I'm very intimidated by David Lynch. Um, next one, I may be grown, but he said, Coda, this movie is just so good, and it reminds me of Sing Street. Mm-hmm. So maybe we revisit last year's Best Picture winner. And finally, Labyrinth. I hear this is nutty, and I love David Bowie. Freaking love Labyrinth. It's an 80s classic. It's a, That's still a blind spot for you, right? No, I watched it earlier this year. Oh, you have watched, yeah, you've watched yeah. Labyrinth, okay. I think I watched it for the annual challenge. Um, oh, Zach, you remind me of the babe. <laughs> I think, what, uh, whatever, it doesn't matter. I watched it for one of my challenges this year. Now that I did so many challenges this year, it's hard to remember. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, Jim has, uh, why not start out the new year like the first movie ladder podcast the year with a Coen Brothers classic, Miller's Crossing. Uh, I suggested Miller's Crossing as a connection off of Goodfellas, and it yep. connects to Casino almost as well, yep. along with ties between the mob antics in the two movies, the romantic entanglements of the lead characters also echo nicely. Yeah, right. exactly. I think you also suggested Miller's Crossing a couple of times. I, I, yeah, I think some there of these know. are on both of our lists. I think I think yep. I suggested Paddington 2 at some point also. Yeah, you did. <laughs> All right. Stefan, Edge of Tomorrow, again. That would be uh, funny. Yeah, we already did it. <laughs> yes, I was like, did we not see it? I'm like, I'm trying to do we do it? Yeah, we did. His uh, true suggestion, though, is... It, yeah, it has it twice. Uh, and I, I don't really know why. But his true suggestion is a movie that we actually said multiple times, this is what we're going to start season four with. I don't know. If I know. And I was going to suggest it off of your list, but it wasn't on your list. Uh, but we talked a lot on this podcast about, you know what we should do? We've done a lot of Tom Cruise movies, and it'll probably be out streaming by the time next year starts. Top Gun Maverick. And guess so, what? It just hit Paramount Plus, it, Davey. It did just, it did just hit Paramount Plus. Uh, it is a huge movie from 2022, and uh, that is Stefan's suggestion. Nice. All right. Oh, people taking movies off my list. Kyle Kirby took a movie off my list. Sunset Boulevard. Yep. We almost picked this classic last week, but it would be a great movie to start with New Year. Uh, the movie features a New Year's Eve party, and New Year is a time for a second chance, especially with the film that you both saw in school but have been meaning to revisit. Yep and i'm here for uh, it thank you kyle and then the next one god's own country i think your new year's resolution should be to have me on to do a guest spot on your show the spiritual mm-hmm. successor to brokeback mountain would be a great indie film to join you two on i'm guessing that almost none of your listeners have seen it which would be a fun way to start the year with something new to a lot of people that is a good point something new that's a great point something borrowed something blue yeah um All right uh zach i get to go first this week um, so I wrote down a total of nine movies. Nine times. Nine times I wrote down a movie on my right. list. Um, I'm only going to suggest five of the nine. And Thank some you, of them may the even be on your list. Could be. But I think these are all popular picks. Uh, the first one I want to throw out there is our beloved Apollo 13. Ah, yep. Uh, Wizard talk of about, Oz. Talk about a movie about 
uh, Rube Goldberg's in process. There you go. Uh, Wizard of Oz, which Wizard I know Oz. that we have, if we choose to do it, I know there's a couple of guests that I know want to do it. It may be the Wizard of Oz. Yeah, that's, that's um, what we always call it. Yeah, it's, it's the Wizard of Oz. Uh, a movie you suggested several times, and it's a blind spot for you. Uh, George Lucas classic, American Graffiti. Ah, I did suggest that a lot, especially seen. in the summer. Uh, and then I want to throw in my beloved licorice pizza. Movie that I, saw, I saw that movie on New Year's Day 2022. So. And then my final pick, one that has been on my watch list forever, that we have talked about numerous times, that you and I have suggested multiple times, that is the 60s classic Once Upon a Time in the West, which I have never seen. I believe I suggested that last year uh, yeah. on this same episode for week zero. Yes, you did. And then it was suggested throughout the year by both of us. Yes. Uh, we did talk a lot about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, um, or what, not in Hollywood, in America. Sorry, I'm getting all the uh, Once Upon a Time confused. All right. Um, what you got, Zach? You didn't take anything off my list. No. So, uh, all right. And I uh, I have six movies left on my list, thankfully. Um, all right. So the first one, that you suggested this in week nine and week 14. I don't have I didn't the write down the weeks for me. <laughs> yeah, I, I wrote down the weeks. I don't have the weeks, Andy. Uh, so that's right. Defending Your Life. Nice. Um, Albert Brooks. In the Afterlife and Trial. Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep. Yep. Yep. Um, the next one, you suggested this in week zero. Um, so we talked about Wolf of Wall Street, but how about another movie about uh, kind of the rise of a billionaire and uh, that is The Social Network. It's been one on my rewatch list for a long time. I've not seen it since I saw it in theaters. Uh, another one that's been on my rewatch list for a while. This is another week zero. I feel like that's kind of cheating to take your week zero picks. I know, right? Like the top picks. Yeah, but, yeah, yeah. Uh, oh, well. Uh, that's Pulp Fiction off of your week zero list. Go. We just talked about that earlier in this podcast, too. Did. Yep. Um, so that's three. Um, and I'm choosing between. I have to boot one of the three. Uh, is Deer Hunter a blind spot for you? No, it's not. Okay. It's a half blind spot for me. And um, I don't think I'd want to do it on the podcast. All right. Uh, then I'll, then that makes it easy. Uh, Inglorious Bastards, you you suggested this yep. week 22 and week 37. Uh, I haven't seen this since it came out, and it's been one due for rewatch. And then uh, a movie about beginnings, a Pantheon movie for me, one of my all-time classics. I think it's in my letterboxed Mount Rushmore. Mm-hmm. Uh, you suggested it weeks 25 and 27. We were talking about mm-hmm. space a lot during that time, I think. Uh, that is 2001 A Space Odyssey. Nice. That would be a fun way to kick off the year. Yes. Uh, and so I also had Deer Hunter on my list. I had Ocean's Eleven. I just don't really want to do Ocean's Eleven. I just put it down as an honorable mention. And then In Bruges and Sunset Boulevard were taken by the listeners. Yep. Um, let's see. So my honorable mentions were uh, Ex Machina, No Country for Old Men, and mm. Quiz Show. Ah, I have a Doughboys double about Quiz Show saved for when I finally watch Quiz Show. Oh, nice. Quiz Show's so good. Yeah. Uh, All right. Why don't you uh, read off everything that was suggested? This is is a, like, stellar all-time great list of movies to choose from. Take it from the top, baby. All right. We have Little Shop of Horrors, Enemy Mine, Cloud Atlas, Gattaca, Critters 3, The Quick of the Dead, Deep Impact, Paddington 2, Battle of Algiers, in Feckin' Bruges, Wild at Heart, Coda, Labyrinth, Miller's Crossing, Top Gun Maverick, Sunset Boulevard, God's Own Country, 
Apollo 13, The Wizard of Oz, American Graffiti, Licorice Pizza, Once Upon a Time in the West, Defending Your Life, The Social Network, Pulp Fiction, and Glorious Bastards, Gorlami, 2001, A Space Odyssey. Zach, you get to go first. Can we do two listener picks? I just think the list is so good. So we'll have one from each other's list, which is actually our own list. And uh, Really stacking the deck for the listeners on this one, buddy. That's true. Oh, and also the other thing that we will reveal on our New Year's show is the point. Who had the most points uh, for suggestions picked over the year? Absolutely. This is really hard. Um, All right. We talked about it all year, so I'm going to do Top Gun Maverick. I just feel like that was the, like, I'm glad Stefan suggested it because I really felt like that was the front runner that I was thinking of. We we had so much fun. I had so much fun with that movie over the summer. And it's now Um, on Paramount Plus. It's now on Paramount Plus. Uh, Would be really easy to do. Um, Recent favorite that's come up, I'll take Sunset Boulevard off of Kyle's list. Yeah. Um, It might be fun to start with a classic um, this year and see where we go from there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do yeah. like there's a New Year's party in there as well. Yeah, I like the um, idea of a New Year's party. List. Yeah. Okay. All right, another listener pick. Um, ooh, stuck between a couple. Um, a Little Shop of Horrors would be pretty fun. So we've done a lot of Steve Martin, yeah, yeah, even though he's not, he doesn't have a ton. And of Rick Moranis. Yeah. So, uh, and Rick, yeah, good, good point. Uh, Rick Moranis, like the Joe Pesci, where we're going to have, like, uh, gotten yeah. most of their... Uh, most of their filmography, yeah. Right. So, um, all right. All right. Uh, little shop. All right, let's see. Uh, what do I want to do from the listeners? I mean, we joked about Paddington 2, like, all season mm-hmm. in we, relation to I think Paddington things. 2 was one of my original suggestions from the first episode as I well. think it was, yeah. I mean... You do not have to watch Paddington One for Paddington Two, but I would I would have to watch Paddington One. Right, right, right. But um, I'm I'm gonna throw in Paddington Two. I think it's a great pick. Right. I I loved it. It's great. It's fantastic. All right, what are you taking from my list, Zachary? Your list, which is my list. Um, sorry, I have to pull it off. I was pulling the other movies up. Off of your list, uh, Millie's Crossing was a really good suggestion. I should have, I, I, well, yeah. I shouldn't have picked that, but that's, I mean, all the suggestions <laughs> were good, but Miller's Crossing sticks out to me. As it's that great. Been a fun yeah. start. It would have been a nice, uh, nice bookend to doing Fargo. Um, yeah, true. All right, off of your list, um, I like licorice pizza, but I'm not ready to do licorice pizza just okay. yet. We'll do that at some point. Wizard of Oz, um, that's been on my list to do. Once Upon a Time in the West. Pantheon movie for me. You've never mm-hmm. seen it. You know, I feel like that's probably the one to go with. Uh, American Graffiti is the only one I haven't seen. But yeah, let's go uh, Once Upon a Time in the West. Nice. Um, it's a holiday weekend, so people can do a longer movie if we did end up picking that. Yep. I agree. All right. And from your list, I like everything on your list. Um, Thank you. I mean, because it's because it's your list originally? Yeah, basically because it's my list originally. <laughs> it's a good chance. It's a good opportunity for us to compliment yeah, ourselves. Yeah, compl- it's a compliment sandwich. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's a compliment sandwich. All right. Uh, Social Network, I've been wanting to revisit as well. I have, especially because I, I was su- on such a uh, string of Andrew Garfield movies. Mm, yes, you do. This year, Garfield. Mm-hmm. that like I, I want to rewatch Social Network just to see the Andrew Garfield performance and how that mm-hmm. holds up. Um, Inglorious Bastards, I've also like had on my list to rewatch forever. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really Nazis. Like, Pulp Fiction feels like a Pantheon movie that we need to do at some point on this podcast. Yeah. Um, 
I just don't know that I want to do Inglorious Bastards. It's the first movie this year. I think I'm going to go with the social network. I think I'm going to go with the picture pick. See the beginning of something on the internet, and we're yeah, in the middle of something on the internet. Yep. All right, so our final six, as it were, as it, as it were, with it, it were so simple. Uh, Top Gun Nav, Sunset Boulevard, Little Shop of Horrors, Paddington 2, Once Upon a Time in the West, and The Social Network. Man, those are six really great movies. Yeah, I'm just looking if anything is not is unstreamable. That unstreamable? Might Little Shop. Take it out of, uh, so Sunset Boulevard is only on Hoopla, so that's a oh, little Oh, yeah, bit I think we talked about that at the time, too. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Little Shop is HBO Max. Right. Paddington 2 is HBO Max. Once Upon a Time in the West is Amazon Prime and Paramount Plus, um, as well as Epics as well. Um, And The Social Network is nowhere to be found. I mean, it's rentable, but also on Showtime as well. Um, Okay, so let's take off. It's a bummer to lose Social Network and Sunset so quickly, but I think Mm -hmm. we've you know, we have to kill our darlings. Um, True. Yeah, we we gotta we gotta get we gotta, this down. We somehow. have to make a decision today. So, uh, um, Sunset Boulevard's out, and Social Network is out. I so I as much as Little Shop and Paddington Two would be fun. Uh, yeah. I don't know if they're like thematically the right pick for the first movie of the year. I mean, we did Michael Collins this year, so not like we have to yeah. do something amazing. Right. Um, I do like that it's a fun. Little Shop's a fun movie. Little Shop um, is real fun. But I mean, we can do. You know, we can always do it later. It's lots of fun yeah. movies. Yep, um, yep. And uh, Paddington 2, I've never seen it. Could be fun. I don't yeah. know. Um, some, there's some, oh, lots of uh, lots of Harry Potter actors in this one, too. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. There uh, are. Even more. There are. Yep. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I just think we're between Top Gun Maverick and Once Upon a Time in the West. I, I kind of think we are, too. Um, all right. Cool. All right. So uh, either way, you're going to need to sign up for Paramount Plus this week to watch one yep. of these movies. Although Top Gun Maverick on Letterboxd isn't showing Paramount Plus, but I think it's just probably it's there. It's, it's there on my front, the front page of my Roku when I turned it on. Okay. Um, and What's Upon a Time in the West is also streaming for free on Amazon Prime as well. So. Yes. Amazon Prime or Paramount Plus. Yeah. Um, so there you go. Um, so, yeah. Do you want to ride horses or fly airplanes? Ooh, horses or airplanes. Horses um, or airplanes. Ground or air, bro. Uh. Is it just silly to keep kicking Once Upon a Time in the West down the down the uh, kick the can down the the dusty trail a little bit longer? I mean, you know what's going to happen when we do, which is that I'm going to end up folding and watching it for one of my Criterion picks. That's true. Yeah, you will. Yeah, I, mean, I will. And then we, it's gonna... the same thing as I, I was I was talking about how I was like, man, I I, I wish that we would have gone to Avatar on the podcast because I really wanted to watch it for the podcast. And right. Off said, yeah, if only you guys had some sort of control over what movies you did <laughs> on the podcast. Yeah, if only. Uh... The ladder goes where the ladder goes. Um, I don't know. What's I mean, Top Gun Maverick is probably everybody's already seen it. Yeah. Uh, that's so, I mean, for some people, they just watched it. They may not need to watch it again. Be another Tom Cruise movie. I, Once Upon a Time in the West is really good, though. And Henry Five. I just want to do Once Upon a Time in the West is our first movie of the year. I mean, the cast is the cast is sprawling. There would be so many ways to go after we did. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I mean, we could do Once Upon a Time in America, so we could just That's go right back true. to Robert De Niro playing a Jewish. Once yeah. Upon a Time in uh, Robert De Niro being a Jewish gangster. That's all true. my life, I wanted to be a Jewish and gangster. We can we can redo Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. All right. Um, kind of Once Upon a Time in the West is our first movie of the year. I... So here's my one thing. Okay. My one, my one last here's thing. Here's your one thing. Uh, a lot of people are watching Top Gun Maverick right now who haven't watched it. If we're trying to get some people to join us 
in this crew. It's a lot West, easier to get people. To it's a lot on. easier. I, I think once upon a time in the West might be a high bar for trying to get I, new listeners. I tell you what, here, here's the deal then. If we're going to do Top Gun Maverick, every listener that writes in their feedback and rating also needs to write in with a call sign. Ah, right in with a call sign. Tell us what your call sign is in your feedback. Tell us your call sign. Yeah. No, tell us your call sign. Uh, and then we will read your feedback on air. I will not read the feedback of anyone who doesn't have a call sign. Just kidding. And we've already done the first Top Gun. We so have. We're, we're, completing the, we're completing the series. This is the one we said. I mean, I, you know, somebody who can go back and listen to the archives and tell us how many times we said we should do Top Gun Maverick as our first movie season four. And I think we even said to Frank, you know, if and on when we did Top Gun, if oh. and when if and when they ever do Top Gun, release Top Gun Maverick, we're going to have to do it. Well, bad, like, news, yeah. bad news about that. Well, bad news about having Frank on. I think he is out of the country. I know. Um, We're not going to have Frank, but, but we are going to do this movie. We are. I mean, that's okay. They didn't have the full cast back for Top Gun Maverick. Exactly. Exactly. Goose uh, is dead after all. Yeah. All right. Um, we're doing it. We're doing Top Gun Maverick. Yeah. On Paramount Plus, it's probably also streaming. Yeah, it's also streaming yeah, rental also rent it. for yeah. uh, 4 to $5. Or yeah. I don't know if there's a DVD Blu-ray, so... I don't know if it's at libraries or not, but you can rent it out all the places. Um, and it's also on Paramount Plus and I don't know who knows what, you know, internationally, maybe it's on some other network. So and if you just watch Top Gun Maverick, you know, maybe you don't need to rewatch it so quickly, but you should because yep. yeah, I'm really curious should. how this movie will play not in the theater. Right. Like, just yeah, I'm very curious how it's going to play on the TV. Yeah. So uh, this will be fun. Uh, so, yes, uh, this is 2022's. Top Gun Maverick is it on. Uh, you don't have to say where, but Brennan, is this on your top ten from 2022? It is. Um, I will not talk about where it is until next week, but it is on my top ten of the year. So yes, same for me. I, but I have a lot of 2022 movies to see. Yeah, um, so, don't we all? Uh, <laughs> there are far too many movies. Yes. Uh, remind me, Brendan. So I did take Avatar off my movie ladder podcast watch list oh, or wish go. list. Uh, I did have Top Gun Maverick on my movie ladder podcast wish list. There you so go. that's another one I can take off. And there is one more movie which remind me to reveal that in the New Year's Day episode yeah. uh, because it is uh, it does have to do with 2022, which is why I had it on the list. And I never even suggested it. It just never came up. Um, mm, but it was on my list for us to watch for the podcast. It will be retired off of that list because uh, it's not relevant anymore. Oh, bummer. Yeah. So what was it the, de- the Netflix Death to 2022 special? <laughs> oh, God. Are they, they're probably releasing <laughs> yeah. that stupid thing. It's going to be all about Elon oh, Musk and cryptocurrency. It. I hate it. Yeah. Anyway. Uh, all right. Uh, really excited to get into the top, back into the skies with Tom Cruise and Top Gun. We love Tom Cruise on this podcast. So there you we go. We do. Uh, what episode was Top Gun? Do you remember? Uh, it was season one, right? Yeah. Episode 32. Yeah, there you go. And this will be episode 157? Yep. Yes. So, uh, years later, we're going back to the sky. Uh, not as many years as it was for Pete Maverick Mitchell, though. No. But, um, but is it as many weeks as it was years for him? Oh, could I? Yeah, no, Maverick. no. It's, no. Uh, this has been 100, it's been 120 weeks. Oh, uh, yeah. Good point. Weeks. No, it has not. <laughs> I can't math. <laughs> it's not tired, guys. Animal. It's that been is. a long, long Christmas weekend for me, y'all. Yeah. Well, it'll be fun. You get to watch Top Gun Maverick sometime very next excited. week. Yep. Um, we will have a little bit of scheduling adjustment the second week of the year. Um, yep. Just a little. We will, just to give everybody a heads up, so I will be on a work trip. So we'll be recording probably Monday the 9th yep. uh, for that. Um, and we'll have to record early, I'm because that's also the day of the National Championship game in college football. So it's a busy Monday for me. 
So we will remind everybody next week, but just, you know, you're going to have to watch a little earlier than normal if you watch on Mondays like Brendan and I do. So then we'll be back to our regularly scheduled programming the week after that. Um, all right, Brendan. Yes, sir. Oh, what are you going to watch this week? What are you excited to watch this week? Uh, I'm going to try to make it to the theater to go see Babylon, which I didn't get a chance to go see over the weekend. Oh, nice. um, okay. And then there's um, everybody's talking about Matilda the Musical. That Is apparently it's it's on Netflix, and they mm-hmm. made a musical about the movie Matilda. It's and apparently it's it. really, really good. Like, Paddington 2 vibes. Like, fun for the whole family. Like, uh, what's it, like the Marcel Shell vibes? Yeah, um, yeah, exactly. Like, feel good, fun, nonsense. Yeah. So I'm I'm excited to check that out. I'll probably watch Emma, that tonight. Emma Thompson, actually. Latasha Lynch. Uh, I'll probably watch that tonight. This is the first I've heard about this movie. Yeah. Um, hmm. I don't know. I don't know if I like Matilda enough to sit through Matilda the musical, but yeah. maybe. Uh, nice. Uh, I don't know. I mean, so this is hard because I don't have a bunch of challenges, although I guess I will be kicking yeah, off some know, challenges on New Year's Day. Um, yeah. I have the uh, Guillermo, del, Guillermo del Toro Pinocchio next up on my personal really ladder. Like yeah, so maybe I'll do that because I need to hit some more 2022 movies before the year is up. Um, yeah. But yeah, I'm a. Uh, I don't know kind of it's kind of nice it's kind of freeing to have all of my challenges crossed off to be honest it yeah. uh it was a fun challenge to do um i'm excited to see how, what my letterbox death will look like at the end of the year uh i saw a ton of movies i really feel like i like don't have a ton of big movie blind spots anymore like just major massive blo- blind spots i'm sure there's some but a lot fewer than i had at the beginning of this year so i, I crossed oh, a lot nice. of them off which is nice so um yes and lab i am seeing labyrinth i watched uh category four of the Renat movie challenge. That category ah, was uh, every year. Robin or Kiva podcast about a movie from the Leprechaun series. Watch one of the <laughs> films starring Warwick Davis or oh, Jennifer yeah. Aniston. So Warwick Davis must yeah. be in Leprechaun. Oh, the other thing I'm going to watch um a, a documentary, which we didn't get to this year, which we'll talk oh, yeah. about on Sunday. We'll talk about. Um, do, uh, one of the things that will probably be nominated for best documentary at 2022 is the Disney is streaming on Disney plus called fire of love about this couple that are volcano explorers and it's a 90 minute documentary that is on disney plus um that's good on my watch list and i want to make sure that i check that out before the end of the year so mm-hmm. um yeah speaking of retiring martin scorsese maybe yeah. we should be having this discussion about tom cruise because this is like Movie number eight of tom cruise uh Absolutely. top gun maverick top gun magnolia edge of tomorrow um uh, Interview with the Vampire, yeah. Tropic Thunder, Collateral, War of the Worlds, Vanilla, Vanilla Sky. Sky. Yeah, um, we've uh, we've done. A, I mean, this is why we don't retire people. Yeah, no, no, no. It's, it's, eventually, we'll get to Jerry Maguire, and then we can retire him. Well, the other thing is, we we're going to have a new Mission Impossible next year. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, next Damn, summer. If we if we did Top Gun Maverick followed by Mission Impossible Fallout, we might just end the podcast. I mean, I. I'm not gonna lie. I did think about suggesting Mission Impossible Fallout. Um, uh, yeah, but there's another podcast that just released. Literally Mission today Impossible. dropped about. Mission yeah, Impossible I know. Fallout. I was a little disappointed. I was yeah. a little disappointed. Uh, I but do. What did you do? I mean, Tom Cruise is just he's he's a crazy man, he is but crazy he's man. Uh, we, we like it. He's yeah, our kind of crazy. Yeah, he's 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 a good crazy. So yes. Um, well, welcome to like the nine timers club. The top nine one, two. Times. Let me count again. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Nobody cares about those eight. Yeah. Nine, t- nine times. Nine, yes, nine times. Nine toms. Nine toms. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, yes. what, else, what else you got going on this weekend? Anything? Let's wrap it up. 
no, that's it. Um, I have to record a podcast with you on New Year's Day. Absolutely. So. I hope everybody will tune into the end of the year special. Really excited to find out once I shuffle these, what's going to wind up in our top 10 of the year. Yeah, um, I think I have a pretty good idea of what our bottom couple of movies are from this year, but we shall certainly find out. I'm very yeah. excited. Yeah, we had it. We'll go through all of our like fun, like highlights from the year. Yeah. It's not going to be super long or congratulatory, no. you know, but usually we'll just... just a quick, like, what was our favorite? What surprised us the most? What was our favorite performance that we remember? What was, yeah, the... I, I unarchive my notes every year yeah. for this podcast and we just do the same thing. There you go. Uh, so that will be fun. And also don't forget about that library ladder challenge. If you're looking for an additional movie challenge, check our social media for the link to that. And uh, it would be really fun to have more people join us. And with that, uh, Brennan, should we uh, take it to the skies? Uh, negative, Ghost Rider. The pattern is full. Reviews for this movie. Probably I mean, long. I'm sure there's some. Um, uh, are probably pretty long. Joe Pesci is a funny guy from Maria. Um, yeah. He's a funny guy. Uh, I don't know. Lots of like. Did you know Robert De Niro invented wearing suits and being hot in general in this movie? <laughs> is Robert De Niro hot in this movie? I mean, I don't, I don't know. Is he I, hot I, in this movie? I don't, I don't know. He kind of reminds me of my brother. He's just More like. Than he's, than he's just like an old dude. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Oh, here we go. Yeah, it's uh, uh, the guy who gets shot because he was holding on to his hero sandwich is one of the most tragic deaths in film. I know. Oh, yeah. man. Yeah. Uh, as far back as I can remember, I always wanted to be a casino. 